Well, it's August, and it's been a weird summer, hasn't it? If you ever watched Grease, and it primed you uh, for thinking you were going to have a summer romance that might later get complicated by the beginning of school and aggressive social circles, I'm sorry that didn't happen for you this summer. No meeting a girl crazy for you, no meeting a boy cute as can be. Not happening. The 2020 version of Greece would look something like this. Guy meets a girl on a beach with no social distancing. They make out a lot. They splash around in the waves. They start texting that night. And then, when school starts, well, they're both on ventilators. (laughs) Too dark? Come on. It's dark out there. Don't get all sensitive on me now. So I'm guessing this summer was not the kind of summer you ever expected, and you probably stayed home and got good at Minecraft or watched every season of Dark on Netflix. Uh, You probably watched everything on Netflix, and you probably spent too much time on TikTok watching weird dances. Look, it's okay if you didn't learn Japanese or read any book by Norman Mailer or clean your house and finally throw away that old toaster that doesn't so much toast as it does torch the bread. We've got a global pandemic out there, so all of that is understandable. And as I've been saying these last few weeks, literally on every show, I think, uh, my new book, Malro and the Midnight Organ Fight, came out in June, and I didn't want to promote it because self-promotion feels pretty wrong these days. But because there doesn't appear to be any end in sight to this pandemic, I've decided to promote it now before the world ends. That's right. If you do one thing... Uh, before the world actually does end, read my book. It's funny. It's fast. It's Rick and Morty meets Sherlock Holmes. Get it from your local bookstore. Drop me a line. Love to hear how it landed for you. And thank you for your support. Your letters about the book have been very sweet, and I really appreciate you reading it, liking it, and letting these two characters that I created hang out with you this summer. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. I'm cold, but I will not show it. I'm too proud. And the night won't allow. No, the night won't allow. A cold chill on my shoulder. It's not too loud. Just a few hundred doubts. I'm cold. of the Coronas, a band which features my guest today on the program, Danny O'Reilly. Let me tell you a little bit about Danny O'Reilly and the Coronas. All right, so, the Coronas. Well, if you listen to the show, you know that the Coronas are great friends of the podcast. In fact, this marks singer Danny O'Reilly's third appearance on the show, and I'm not saying he should update his LinkedIn profile, but I am saying that's pretty cool. Now, here's how I see it. The Corona's career is the kind of career a band should aspire to. They started professionally in 2006, and they've just kept building and building and getting better and better. They've played in front of massive crowds, opening up for the likes of everyone from McCartney to Justin Timberlake. They played for President Obama at an event in Dublin. They've done South by Southwest, the Oxygen Festival, and their Christmas gigs at the Olympia Theater in Dublin. Well, those have become both tradition and the stuff of legend. 
Look, people love this band, and for good reason. They've put out six remarkable albums, and their latest one, True Love Waits, is the follow-up to 2017's chart-topping Trust the Wire. We'll know in a week where it lands on the Irish charts, where currently Taylor Swift's folklore is keeping guard over that number one slot. My prediction? Well, she's just keeping it warm for the Coronas. Anyway, True Love Waits is their first record without guitarist Dave McPhillips, who left the band earlier this year. But as a trio, the Coronas remain a band who write rich, powerful, emotive, and soul-satisfying songs. This album is filled with catchy, moving, and altogether beautiful work. In true Corona style, it's wonderful stuff. And Danny O'Reilly? Wonderful guy. Here he is. Enjoy my conversation with Danny from the Coronas right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Government here did well early. We went on lockdown quite early and the numbers are low. Now it's starting to creep back up now that they've opened up things again. Yeah. Um, so there's talk of possibly a second wave coming, you know, but it's hard to know really. But I think in general we seem to be doing okay. Things are opening back up and people are, you know, adhering to, you know, guidelines and restrictions and stuff. And, you know, it, but I mean, I can't see concerts coming back anytime soon. I mean, it's totally changed the way that you do your do your job. 100%. And it's, it's such a weird time at the moment because obviously the album's coming out next week. So we're in full promo mode. We're like, you know, doing a lot of this sort of Zooms and interviews. Yeah. And then we're putting together stuff for backstage footage and trying to promote the album in different ways. And usually you do that, but usually at the end of it, there's a payoff of having a cool tour, having a big show, having a big hometown show or something like that. So I think it's really going to hit me when we're finished promoting the album, the album is out. And then all of a sudden it's sort of like, all right, well, that's it sort of, you know, although in saying that there are some, there is like, even today there was one venue in Dublin that said it's going to start trying to do concerts next month. And it's a small venue and they're going to do it, you know, with, restrictions and social distancing and all sorts of stuff but you know it's it's probably a little soon but at least there's people still thinking in that way but yeah it's a crazy time and i'm as i say after the album comes out and all the promos done that's when i'm going to miss touring the most was there ever a moment where you guys were like well maybe we won't put the record out yet maybe we'll sit on it for six months yeah well initially when it was meant to come out at the end of may and we and then lockdown and the whole thing happened and and you know we were we said, okay, we'll put it back. And when there was murmurings that the gigs might come back around September time, that's when we were thinking about holding off maybe September, October when we can gig. Cause you know how it goes. Obviously you, you release the albums, promote the shows and the shows promote the album and they work together. So, but so that was our initial plan. But then when we saw that it, the gigs weren't going to come back for even longer, we didn't want to sit in it for that long because we'd already released a few songs off it. Um, you know, it was finished in February. We were ready to get it out there. And also we could see like a yearning for music. Like there was an appetite there from our followers, uh, from just people in general for music. And, and we could see it on our social media. People were interested in what we were doing. You know, we were putting up content, different videos, whatever. And uh, so, yeah, we could see that there was an appetite there. So it felt right to get it out. You know, it's a piece of work that we pretty much finished at the end of last year and we said you know what even without gigs let's release this album promote it as best we can and then you know we'll start start writing the next one and, and and hope that whenever gigs come back we can promote this album and who knows we might have one or two brand new songs that we can add to the set as well right the next album you know so that's sort of the rough plan but yeah as i say what we delayed it initially but then when we knew gigs weren't coming back anytime soon it was like we got to get this out you know it's 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 ready to go but the rhythm of how you do business has been completely upended yeah it's 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 crazy because as i say at the moment we're as busy as ever there's loads going on every day like tomorrow we're doing a tv show and there's rehearsals and and you know 
there's lots of stuff going on, but there's no incomings. Like, cause now we're our own record label as well. Right. So we have to make decisions on music videos and everything. And uh, so, yeah, like, yeah, it's strange that, as I say, we feel like we're working hard promoting the album, but like no incomings coming down the line, apart from our publishing and, you know, different little bits of, of, of income that comes from record sales. But you know yourself in this day and age, there's not much that comes in, like Spotify, right. there's, there's no money that comes in from that. So for us, being a big band in Ireland, our our constant you know income stream is is our live touring, and and it was so funny because just literally in the last couple of years we've gotten to the stage now where we can tour America, we can tour Europe, and tour Australia, and make a little bit of money, not not loads, but it's more than breaking even, you know, and yeah, and so we were so excited about this new chapter. We felt like we had made a bit of progress in the states, especially, you know, and. Uh, and in, in Australia and in in Europe but like so we had the plan for the album and we had all those tours planned and then you throw in the other weirdness of our band name which is just another level yeah. of strangeness on an already already weird situation so that was just another level of like are we in a movie here or is this real life like you know, yeah apocalypse? like you know it's like a bad dream I suppose but um that that sort of initially sort of I think got to me a little bit I was sort of questioning whether it would have a negative effect and you know by all accounts i think i'm over it anyway i think it's just a name and i don't think people really care and by all accounts our spotify numbers are up but you know i would like to think that's because we're releasing good music you know it's not <laughs> just because of our people are googling what you know is there a band called coronavirus yeah. i don't know but yeah. Uh, so yeah i mean as i say i definitely had moments in lockdown where i was like you know is this going to have a negative effect but, but like we're getting more interest from from you know, foreign press than we ever had before. So I'm happy to, we're playing the hand we're dealt. I'll talk about our stupid name for, for five minutes and then, and then try and sell, sell our music and get it out there. And, and I'm not ashamed to say that, that yeah. I'm doing that, you know, and if it gets our music out to two, to whatever, a hundred more people, that's, that's a win. Like, so it's one of those things. It's just a strange level. Initially when it happened, you know, we were getting, you know, uh, like WhatsApps and, and, tweets from friends of ours who are saying you've seen this virus thing like in corona like you know uh, you know it was just a strange thing but i think now that the pandemic has and, and it was funny because at the start we wanted to poke fun at ourselves like we we had you know memes and instagram videos ready that we were going to you know <laughs> take the piss out of our own name but it was such a, a serious situation and, it, and not that it's not now because of course it is but i think people have gotten their head around what it is and and I think it's okay to make fun of our own name as opposed to actually yeah. the virus. You know, so. And also you guys are, it's, it's, you, you transcend the name, you know, because the <laughs> Corona is, it's an experience. It's a sound, it's a feeling, right? Um, it's uh, so I, so I don't think you'll be hamstrung by it, but I certainly understand the initial panic of like, of all the names. Yeah, exactly. And it was yeah. funny because I used to, I'd have conversations with friends of mine, friends of mine who were in bands and I'd be like, oh, you have to cancel shows too. You have to postpone tours. I know it's so tough. Who knows when it's going to come back. And I'd always end the conversation with, well, at least you guys aren't named after the virus. <laughs> and that, that would always get a little yeah. chuckle. Like, and they'd be like, yeah, fair enough. You have a tough, like, you know, so, um, but as I say, it's one of those things. I think, you know, I, I, for me, it always goes back to if, if it was called the Beatles virus, would it make me like the Beatles any less? And of course not, you know? So it's one of those things moving forward in other territories. I can't tell if it will have a, a positive or a negative, but I know for our own follow followers and our own fans and everything on social media and everything, you know, we've had as much engagement and support as ever. So, you know, it's, there, there's bigger things to worry about. I think. Yeah. I think you guys are going to be just fine. I feel like it would really, this will really dawn on you if you can't play those Christmas shows. I would imagine that's where it would really start to make you realize like, oh, that void of playing live. Because it's such a big, a big thing for the band. 100%. And, you know, even now we, we have booked in four, four dates in, in December in the Olympia and our big Christmas annual thing, but I don't think it's going to happen. And, you know, by all accounts, the, the hints that we've been getting from, from, you know, friends and people who know people in government or whatever, they, they can't see any mass gatherings happening this year. You know, I think, um, you know, music was the la the first thing to go and it'll be the last thing back, you know, mass gatherings yeah. in general. So 
Um, you know, we've been, we've been looking at the possibility of doing other things and driving shows and social distance shows and online, t- paid online shows and stuff. But to be honest with you, none of that stuff really feels right for us. You know, we're not the type of band that you can sit back and, you know, our shows are about the crowd getting involved and sweaty rooms and arms in the air and sing along and sing the chorus back to us. So for the moment, we're not, we're, we're going to try and wait it out. You know, I think we're luckier than a lot of bands as well that we've had some great success in the last few years, especially here in Ireland. So, you know, we have the financial base to, to try and, and, and wait out the storm sort of thing. And, and, and hopefully, you know, if, if concerts come back, you know, even early next year, we can, we'll be able to manage. But I, I do still have a little bit of hope that maybe maybe we could make it happen in December, but who knows? Who knows? I, I just talked to Tyler from Neon Trees, and he said something I hadn't even thought about, um, where he was saying, like, when this is all over, some bands won't even be standing anymore. And that hadn't even occurred to me that some bands who are not as fortunate won't be able to survive. 100%. And like, that's the scary thing. And a lot of people in the industry as well, like, you know, technicians, engineers, you know, there's a, and so, as you say, so many musicians who live week to week to pay their rent or to pay their mortgage or whatever it is. And, and we will lose them to other, you know, and, and there's been a sort of campaign here in Ireland to support the arts and support the industry and all those people behind the scenes as well. Because the thing about it is if we lose them now, or if you lose those musicians and you lose those skilled talented technicians and engineers when concerts come back say next summer for example you know there's going to be no one there to run them and or do them yeah. like you know what i mean so and then like because people will be like okay we can go have a party let's put on a festival and there's going to be no one there to play them or to 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 run them so right. it's it's a concern like and and you know it's funny because it's such a niche thing being like a really good sound engineer for example like and and if you if you lose people like that the whole industry suffers like you know what i mean right there, every show isn't the same and you know it's not and it's not a thing that you can just say all right there's a gig on the month i'll learn how to be a sound engineer you know i couldn't do it you know i've been in the industry for 10 12 years whatever it is and put me behind the desk out front i couldn't do it and you know so it's 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 a specialist job so as i say i think it's important we we uh, yeah we, we try and look after them and as I say there's a there's a government campaign at the moment or campaign to governments try and get people to try and get them to support those those people like in the arts and stuff. I mean thank God because here in the city you know in San Francisco um, a lot of rooms are going to close. I mean a lot of venues. Yeah, venues like, are gone, when you yeah. say like hey we're we're ready to come back it's like the the number of places you can play might be diminished. One hundred percent. You know. And yeah, and that's the same here. There's going to be venues closing down for sure. I've already heard of a few that are, are gone. We can't like that. We're you know struggling already. That it's not it's not easy, you know. And it and it's the thing that I find weird as well is say even next summer if shows come back, will like all these great American bands that we love will they be touring? Will will world touring happen? You know, and there's all countries that are worse than others and. It's just such a fucked up time, man. You I know, know. It's, it's so I know. crazy. Like, I know. know. And it changes every week, as you can tell. Like About a month ago, we had a big wave of sort of optimism because we got our numbers right down. And it was like, you know, Australia is moving again. And this is, you know, maybe country. And then there was a second wave in Australia, second wave in Spain. We're looking, like we're bombarded with US media and we can see everything that's going on there. And, you know, and obviously there's, there's just states that haven't got to grips with it at all. No, like, and, no. and there's numbers going up every day. And, you know, it, and then, but then you do get moments of positive news as well. We saw something the other day about possible vaccine. They're talking about maybe early next year. And, you know, there are, and as I say, like even today, for example, it's funny how it lives almost day to day. Things change today. The numbers were down a little bit more here. And people are like, okay, maybe people are, you know, adhering to the restrictions, wearing the masks if they're in public, whatever it is, like, you know, um, but it's a strange one. Like, we even wanted to have a launch show for our album coming out next week here, and it was going to be socially distant and, and you know, a small venue and keeping everyone apart and just play a couple of songs in the evening, not a long thing. But even at that, we sort of said, you know what, it doesn't really feel responsible right now to be organizing a little event like that you know and just the, the general advice in the government was not to do that sort of thing and so you know what lads let's just wait like you know and when it's safe to do so 
like I think people will be really up for coming back to shows. I don't think people are going to miss that because I even floated our little stupid launch gig to a few friends of mine in radio and stuff. And they were like, that sounds amazing. I'd love to go to a work night out. Like, you know, or just have a couple of beers, see four songs. That would be great. Like after work. And it feels like it's something to do at work because they're, you know, they work in the industry or whatever. Yeah. And the reaction I got from that was like, on a so as I say, I think that's across the board because I'm the same. I'd love to, you know, like the, the bars are still closed here. Only the restaurants are open, right? So the bars that just serve alcohol are still closed. But I don't miss that. I miss concerts. Like when the bars open, I won't rush to the bars. But if there was a festival on in town, or if there was a gig on in town, you know, I miss going to see music. Like you know, yeah, or movies or sports. Yeah, I know sports was <laughs> sports was a huge one for me as well. Like you know, because I'm I'm obsessed with sport like so much, and like it sort of gives structure to your week. You know, you know when there's a game on. There's a game on Sunday. There's always a game on Sunday afternoon, and it sort of just makes oh I'll watch that and we'll do that and then when that that was the weirdest thing of lockdowns every day felt like the same you couldn't tell whether it was a Monday or a Saturday you know it was just it was strange so and there are some sports talking about coming back here now amateurs are, are back playing and you know I saw the the NBA guys are out in in Florida right there in a in yeah. a quarantine sort of situation what's what what's that because isn't florida pretty bad too there's a lot of oh, cases. terrible oh, it's terrible and they um and they keep testing positive every day i mean i know our our american football in the nfl all the, there's like 80 players who are now who now have it um crazy. you know i'm a tennis player you can see my stringing machine behind me nice and uh, you know and the funny thing is, is like the, like the U.S. Open is sort of like not going to happen with fans. It's like it's it's a really that's that's my sport I watch, and it's like I tried to watch it, Danny, without the crowd, and it's weird. It's like a really strange thing. I mean, can you imagine football without the crowd? I know. Well, they've started doing some soccer games here in the Premiership, but they're they're pumping in fake crowd noise onto the into the TV, and it feels really weird because there's a guy obviously presses a button when someone misses a shot and there's a crowd noise it goes ooh but it never sounds accurate like it's yeah, never yeah. real it's like that was over enthusiastic ooh for the shot it was never close you know this sort of thing yeah um but that's the amazing and then tennis is a great sport for that as well because it's real momentum swings like you know and if someone gets a few shots in a row and the crowd are pumped them up and, and like all of a sudden it can swing the other way and the crowd has a big you know impact on it and and in a weird way, that's sort of the same with us in music because, you know, we could go into a small venue and play a show to five or six people or whatever, 20 people that are socially distant and are sitting down, but it won't be the same vibe even if we no. play quite well because the, the gigs are made by the fans. You know, a really good gig is not, is not is, it's everything. It's the sound, it's, it's the show, but it's also the crowd and how they get into it and the atmosphere, like, you know, and you can't fake that. No, and also I imagine that the experience for you is you feed off the energy that the crowd has. It's in other words, it's like a loop that they take it from you and give it right back. One hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So there's no there's no transactional exchange of feeling um, yeah. at all. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's and it's so that's why I think live gigging, like in any, I hope when it comes back, it, it comes back fully and completely, and it's you know, not with, not restrictions, you know, and even if it takes a little bit longer to get there, as I say, we're, we're trying to, trying to wait it out. I think it was Dave Grohl a couple of weeks ago. I read a quote of Dave Grohl saying that, you know, it's important for people to be able to have those experience of being at a show with thousands of people and feeling that atmosphere. Like it's actually important as for mental health, for the people as a nation, for just general camaraderie experience sort of, like, and I totally get what he means. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not just like a, a rush, like something fun. It's, it's important. Like, you know, so I hope we get back there. Do you remember the last show you played? Yeah. We played a show in March, just like before it, things okay. got bad. We, we were in Dubai. We had a show in, in Dubai and we actually flew home a day early. We could, we, we were getting news from home that things were getting bad in Ireland. So we flew home after the show and like we got back to Ireland and it was already starting to turn into a ghost town. And it probably maybe a week or two later, we went to complete lockdown. But um, yeah, it was strange. Cause even then there was the word had started to spread about it. And, you know, 
it was just it was starting to get strange people were like even the venue itself was moved from a bigger room to like a smaller room and they they didn't really know what was the best thing to do like and it, it was just a, it was a strange time like and everyone was like is this going to be how long is it going to last is it you know yeah and no one could have predicted the effect it was going to have like you know because as i say you know like two weeks later the whole world was on pretty much lockdown like, you know, and, and since then uh, it, you know it's been a strange time look away i don't want to be seen stop my heart from running away from me pick you up if that's even love stop that play it down squeeze my hand but they don't see not sure if it's even safe for me Hold it back as much as I can Fuck that, take a chance If it's true love Wait for us and I'll try so hard To prove If that's something that you want me to do If I'm holding back Or I don't react Is it just too good to be true? How could things be so much better with you? Just too good to be true How come things are so much better with you? Don't want to rush, we just got free I can't pretend, yeah, something's changing me As we slow dance in the street We don't need no sleep Whispering what we need to hear Both scared that it might just disappear Or maybe we might not even last if it's true love, no way for us And I've got so much to prove If that's something that you want me to do If you're holding back and you don't react Is it just too good to be true? How could things be so much better with you? creatively like ever do you feel like more creative do you feel less creative do you feel pressured to be creative because there's so much time yeah I, I was gonna ask you do you did you find that as well the first thing that people said to me was oh this will be fine for you you can just go away and write the next album you know you work you work from home anyway you know and and all of a sudden there was this pressure like, what do you write about what do you what like what do you write about like you know and and 
everything I tried to write just seemed trivial and futile. And like, and and then, do you write about what's going on the pandemic? How and what, my little insight into the whole thing is that really what people want to hear? And so for the first, for the first probably two months of of lockdown, I I, I really struggled to write. And and what it, so what I did was just for myself for my own mental health. Every night on the Corona's Instagram page. I did a cover version of a different song, a different Irish song that I loved, different bands. So I did like U2 and Cranberries and newer stuff as well, the new bands that I love that we've gigged with, friends of ours. And just every song, every day in the afternoon, I would just learn a new song, play it on the piano, learn a verse and a chorus. I wouldn't do a full song, like maybe a minute and a half or something. And it was actually for me that I did it. It was to give my day a bit of structure, to give me something to work at every day, yeah. you know, and have a schedule and and that was one of the first things where i was saying about our our followers getting really engaged in our social media like the reaction it got was incredible like we were so surprised as i said i did it as a almost selfish thing for myself and i sent one to graham our bass player and he was like yeah do that as much as you want this stuff is great like you know and because sort of self-promotion felt a bit wrong at the time i know everyone I i don't know if it was the same over there but here when when it first happened first pandemic first hit everyone just started doing like charity work. They were like, okay, this charity needs help. And everyone got behind these, and I think, you know, and got behind movements, like even with Black Lives Matter stuff, which is amazing and, and so important and all, but people love to get behind movements when they, when, when they feel a bit helpless and they're at home. And I think that's, that was a perfect storm for that to, to happen, you know? And uh, so, yeah, initially like we, we, I did that, but eventually I sort of felt, you know what, I feel a bit creative now. So in the last couple of months, before maybe two weeks ago when I came back to Dublin. So I, I was locked down in, in the southwest corner of Ireland in a beautiful place called Dingo in County Kerry, which, you know, I was so lucky to get there. It's a w- quiet, isolated, out in the countryside. And I got a piano there and it was a nice house. And so I was there for most lockdown. But just in the last two weeks, I've come back to Dublin to my, to my house here where I live and, and we've been promoting the album. But so for the last two months before I came back to Dublin, I was, I was back creative again. And just, you can't, force those things i'm sure you've no. the same. if you sit down you're like i have to do something today you know it's not going to happen you need to be you know want to you know yeah like because i i can't structure i can't say like oh um monday wednesday and friday from five to seven i'm gonna write um because then i'll do that and nothing will come because i'll feel like now is the time that writing is supposed to happen and i and i can't do that so um, and then and then you start getting and like sort of down yourself that you're not if you, if exactly. you set tasks like that like a friend of mine was saying to me he was like this lockdown would be great I'm gonna learn a new language and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna finish my website and I'm gonna do this and then he, if he didn't do those things he would start to get down himself like you right. know what I mean and and that's a dangerous thing and there's as you say there's like a sort of there was a competitiveness of of productivity I think at the start of lockdown where people were like posting and doing things. And, you know, I think I kept having to remind myself, but also remind friends of mine and stuff that it's okay if you want to just do nothing. If you want to just watch Netflix, that's okay. Whatever right. it takes for you to get through this is all right. Like, you know. I like how someone's like, well, it's easy for you because you're, you just sing for a band. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. Like, you know, my friends, even my brother who works in the government and he was always like, God, you're lucky you got the best job in the world and all. And now I'm like, I'll swap you. You know, we've got nothing. And his, his job is secure forever. Like, right. you know, you know right. so, you know, and even like teachers and, you know, it's funny how you, you think, cause I was even talking to our drummer yesterday. It's like, whatever about the music industry has changed so much, even since we started, like, you know, we, when we started the band, people were still buying CDs. Like, you know what I mean? It was physical. And then it went to downloads and now it's obviously streaming. But like throughout all that, the live scene like thrived and was, was so secure and was like a standard. And even when people said, oh, you know, maybe the live thing might not last and maybe people will listen to more live shows. It's not the same. Like, and the live thing always was secure. And like, you, we just could never have, I've foreseen this happening. Something that takes that away from us, you know. I know, and I and I also wonder for you, like when you were working out those songs, um, did you also find it to be sort of like an instructive exercise? Like, oh, that's kind of cool how they figured out. Like when you figure out, like, how did you two do that, or how did the Cranberries do that? Did you kind of go, oh, that was actually kind of cool how they how they did that part? 
100%. And it's something that I used to do a lot when we, when we were starting. And when I started writing songs is I would, I would learn other songs that I really liked. And I've, I've sort of stopped doing it in recent years. Um, and I, and I, it reminded me of doing of, of that, going, just learning different chord progressions. And going, oh, they went to that chord there. Oh, yeah, that's right. actually sort of cool. And straight away, that's in, then ingrained in the back of your mind the next time you're writing something or even a lyric thing or, or just a turn of a phrase, you know. And we even found that a little bit with, with, the, with the album, you know, that's coming out next week because it was the first time that I did proper co-writes with different people. Mm. And I started co-writing with, with new people. And I'd have a little idea and I'd bring it to them and we'd work on it together. And that's a great way to, to, to push yourself in a different direction. But 100%, I found that with learning other songs. And it was making me go, oh, that's sort of cool. What what happens there? Like, and my hands would automatically go to a different chord that was the wrong chord for that song. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I have to remind myself it's it's this one, and that works. Like, you know. did one of the songs seem like it would be easy, and it ended up being really hard? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like there was a lot of songs that I tried, and that didn't suit me, didn't suit my voice, or was too difficult to play, or just I because I wanted to try and put put it uh, like my own version of them and not just do like karaoke where I just play the chords and sing it the way it was. So I was trying to pick like fast songs and making them into ballads or you know slow songs and speed them up and make them a little bit quirky or something. So I was and sometimes I just struggled with that and and like you know I, like for one for example like myself and my girlfriend are, are big fans of Hosier and we were like going through all of Hosier's songs you know which one would suit me and like i couldn't find one and i think that's that's actually a huge compliment for hosier <laughs> to be honest that like i just wasn't comfortable singing any of his songs because i just it'll just sound like i'm doing an impression of hosier i couldn't find a way to really make it my own maybe the style was a bit different or whatever um so yeah that that definitely happened a, a few times you know he did something i've never seen anyone do in all my years of going to concerts um, I saw him here in Oakland, and this would be about two years ago. And he's kind of a towering presence. He's like a huge guy. He's huge. He's six five or something. Yeah, he's he's massive, and he's very handsome and very charismatic. And, he, and the show was great. And at the end of it, um, my girlfriend had said to me like, "Oh, let, let's go." I said, "No, let, let's. I want to see the encore." So he he finished up, and when it was over, he did this thing right before the last song where he literally thanked the light guy, the sound guy, yeah. the people we were talking about. But Danny, he did it by name. By name, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it by name. So he That's took the amazing. time to learn their names. And it was like a long list of people, like the engineer, the sound guy, the light guy. And I was like, That's the, the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, he and, and you know what? Andrew is so genuine. He is he is really that guy. That, that's not part of his act. You know, that's not uh that's not put on for that is not contrived in any way. He is, he is really that guy. And I remember we saw him at Austin city limits last yeah. year and uh, bumped into him early in the day. And I know him a little bit and said hello. And then he did an interview like 10 minutes later backstage. And obviously you now he probably didn't really know the lineup, but like the first question they asked was who else are you excited about seeing? And he was like, the Coronas, I'm so happy <laughs> they're here. And, you know, they're a great band. And I was just like, oh, my God, what a sweetheart. Like, you yeah. Know? And, you know, it was just, he's like that. He's, he's a cool guy. And we met him early on when, when, before Take Me to Church got huge. And he hasn't changed. He's still the same guy. We, we hung out with him the last time we were in L.A. a little bit. And uh, he's, he's great. He's, he's so cool. He was working on his new record. And actually, Rob Kerwin, who produced his first album and, and I think four songs on, on the second record, he produced a couple of songs on, on our album. And when we were in LA recording in Rob's house last uh, February, Rob got a text and it was like, Oh, Andrew's album went to number one in the States. Anyway, what's next? And we were like, what? You just produced an album that went to number one in America. Like, you know, and he was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, and you know, and it was, we were just like, that's crazy. But, uh, so yeah, I mean Andrew is is a lovely guy, and as I say, he hasn't changed. So yeah, I'm 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 very happy for all the success he's had. Yeah, and he also seems like he is with what you and I were talking about. He's not in a hurry to yeah. put the music out. He's moving at his own artistic pace, which is which appears to be to a fan to be slow. Um, 
but the quality is so high that how can 100%. you complain? Exactly. I love, I love his second album too. And as you say, he waited a little while and he does it his own way. And, you know, I even saw him get interviewed and it's interesting when you, when you see different, different angles on ambition, you know, and ambition all, isn't always just to be the biggest you can be. Like he, he talked about how Take Me to Church almost got too big for what he was comfortable with, you know, and, yeah. and people then expected him to follow it up with a certain type of song and a certain type of smash big song. And, you know, maybe he didn't want it to go that way, you know. And, and I, I think I remember hearing an interview with the, with the new record where he was like, I purposely waited for ages and I wanted that to all die down a bit. And so I could go my own path and, you know, not have to follow it up. And, you know, and, and you know, I think, you know, his second album is amazing. I know Nina Cry Power got so much play over in the States. It's, it's such a great tune. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful and powerful album. Um, but it also brings to mind that idea that if you, if you write a song that really resonates with people, it seems to really catch on that the temptation would be, let me just try to do that again. <laughs> like, 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 I'm going to get the magic form. I got the magic formula. I'm going to see if I can employ that again and do something kind of similar. Um, I would imagine that for an artist, that would be a temptation and also a hole you can fall into. I would say so for sure. Like, I, I mean, I can't compare our journey to Andrews obviously you know would take me to church he he went global but even just for us here in Ireland but our, our first record San Diego song was a song that we released that really connected here at home and got a lot of play and it was like a student anthem you know if students were singing it in colleges and their nights out and it was one yeah. of those vibes like and and but that was like because we were just out of college and it was it, it wasn't contrived it was real and like and then we were looking at following that up as like, well, we, we can't even try and go down that avenue again because it'll just sound like a worse version of what we've already done. So you've got to try and, and go somewhere else and try and be honest with yourself, true to yourself. And, and I think we found the more we've done that, the more, you, the more honest you are with your own things, they're the ones that connect to, to people, you know? So I think if you, if you have it in mind that, oh, I need to follow a song like that up, it's, it never really works. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing. I remember I was really into the Thrills. Were you a fan of those? Oh guys? yeah, huge band. Like love them. You know, our drummer Connor is like, he's one of the biggest Thrills fans ever. He still plays them. He still thinks about them all the time. And I know I I met Daniel. I know Daniel Ryan, their guitar player, a little bit. He uh, he's a great guy. He he actually ended up managing another band here in Ireland called Little Green Cars, who are a great band. Too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Daniel, who he was in the Thrills, but he he became the manager of Little Green Cars, but yeah amazing band but yeah they didn't really last more like two albums and that was sort of it wasn't it th did they have a third album yeah i think it was uh, three albums and i really liked where they were going because they were building on their sound and you could still tell it was them but they were getting really um sonically more powerful and interesting and yeah the the thrills to me were like a band i was so excited about but it was one of those irish bands that name checks california city so yeah. when i remember when i heard san diego i was like oh yeah it's, it's kind of <laughs> cool like yeah, there's, yeah. there seems well, to be a kind of you know 100 percent, 100 percent. well that would have been like they would have been an influence of us starting out for sure and yeah they had santa cruz and like santa cruz and they did all that but they lived over in in the states for a while as well and we did too you know we spent a yeah. summer, summer in san diego and that's what i'm talking about not being contrived it's it, it's we're actually over there and that's what that song is about it like a summer spent there you know and i think they had the same vibe they had that american sound but you could tell it wasn't fake it wasn't like an irish band trying to be that they were they had been there for sure but like you know right you could tell it was real you know? well you could also you could track them from santa cruz to big sur they had that big sur song big and that yeah. takes you down the road like you can tell i know where you guys went geographically yeah. i could actually trace you um but yeah, I, lo yeah. I loved that band um the another band i'm really excited about are the fontaines dc i imagine you yeah. probably like those guys yeah great and they're doing so well too really cool and just very different as well very original you know and they got that punk vibe and they got the lyrics and you know they, they're releasing an album next week too so we're hoping that we beat them to number one but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I won't i wouldn't be too sad if they got it that's okay but uh no they're 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 a great band and I, and I met their lead singer um at a festival we did in the uk and lovely guy and a lot of friends of mine know them um and they said they're really really nice guys really good band uh, yeah yeah really cool 
Like, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. They, they, they've been doing quite well over there too, haven't they? In the yes. They, they got on Jimmy Fallon in one of those shows or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah they played. And uh, you guys did. Didn't you guys show up on a, on a late night show? Were you on? Oh, I'm, I don't think so. No. no. We, we've, done, we've done some TV over there, all right, but uh, not, not, none of those late night big ones, no. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange that and that and that's happening right now either. Um, for yeah. you, has there been any moments of? Because um, I, I haven't felt this, but I've been out of the classroom since March, so I haven't. Like, and like college students are, they're the worst carriers of disease. They they just they live way too hard. Um, so yeah. I haven't felt any anxiety about my own health. Have you? Have you been sort of um, feeling any tension around that and? And how has that played on your psyche? Yeah, I think the only time it felt weird for us was with my parents. So when, when lockdown happened, for, actually, we, my, we lost my grandmother at the start of lockdown. Now, she was 96 years of age and she died of natural causes. And, you know, she had a great life, but her funeral was just before lockdown happened. And it had to be a socially distant funeral. And I couldn't, uh. like, couldn't see my relations and, and my uncles and my dad. I couldn't give my dad a hug. Like, you know, like that, that was the thing that I felt most concerned about almost wasn't for my own health but it was for my parents health and so i was like you know they they would be like come on we can come over to the house and we'll sit stand in the back garden or whatever and we can stay apart and i'd be like no no like let's just wait like you know and make sure that we're we're all good like you know so i think those were the things although but i definitely had moments where i'd have a little bit of a cold or a little sniffle and i'd be like i've got the virus you know <laughs> i think everyone's had that yeah. at, at some stage where they wake up and they're a little bit sleepy and it's like, I can't taste, I can't taste. I don't right. know, like I can't smell anything, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's just natural when, when it's, when you're bombarded by media of, of it going out there and stuff, I think that's, that's normal as well. But as I say, it was more for my friends and, and family that I was sort of concerned about, I think, than myself. I know. And people, I don't know how it is over there, but people in America are a little cranky and a little bit. So like, there's two things that happen. One, you walk by people and they treat you like you're radioactive. You know, like, you know, they kind of like look at you like, don't, that's too close, dude, or whatever. Um, but then there's also that thing where people seem to be in bad moods a lot. Tempers are, are high. What is it like? What's the climate like for you? Do you feel people are still pretty good natured or do you feel there's a kind of pent up frustration? I, there's definitely a pent up like when they when they first opened up the restaurants here as i said the bars aren't open yet but the restaurants serve alcohol so yeah a lot of people have been cooped up for for whatever amounts of time and they like there was like videos going around of people in in, in the city like going crazy young people in particular like and then, and then they had cooped up you know aggression or whatever and they you know so you, you got to understand that but it's funny you say that about people being extra paranoid over there i think people here are good with the restrictions but I've found here, like Irish people are huggers. Like we're 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 huggers. Like if we see each other, it's like guys hug, you yeah. know. So uh, you find a lot of people are like almost forget, and they're like, oh, I really want to. Oh, we're not meant to hug, and it's like people forget, and it's like, it's like, okay, let's fist pump, and it's like a fist pump, and it's like, it's almost that. Like people like are like. Oh no, we're okay. We'll hug it. Like you know what I mean. It's <laughs> as opposed to being extra careful. They're just like they 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 need that little bit of physical contact, and they're just like, we'll be okay. Hold your breath. Hold your breath and hug me. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, and uh, but then you do get the people who are extra careful as well. But I think, as I say, in general, the Irish as a people, like it. I don't know. I think we've we've been good at sort of pulling together. And again, I think it's something to do with being like the smaller, younger brother of the UK, the way we are. Yeah. And like a lot of our media is, is bombarded from the US and the UK. So we were looking at things happening in the States and looking at things happening in the UK. And it was nearly making Irish people go, well, you know, we can do better than that. You know, we can, we can quash this quicker and we'll get together. And there was definitely a, th a togetherness that I think the Irish people really did. And our Taoiseach, you know, our, our like prime minister or president, I suppose, even though we have a different president as well, but basically the head of, head of the country is called the Taoiseach here. And he was like made some really good speeches and just everyone was coming together. And it was a, it was a funny time. You know, there was definitely, there's always some people who are going to be like, no, we should, we should stay open and the economy is going to crash if we don't, yeah. if we stay in lockdown. And 
and, and I get that. And, and there's a lot of, even now there's businesses going, let us open, let us open, you know, but I think in general, the, the general sort of perception was our government did well and the people got together and adhered to the restrictions and there was no, there was no crazy time where people were like, you know, rebelling against what, what, what was the advice, you know? So in general, I think, and as, as again, as an Irish people, I think we're sort of proud of that. Like, it's like, yeah, we, we, we kicked its ass. And, yeah, yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the reasons that we're not changing our band name. It's because we want to kick the virus's ass and, and be a positive at the back of it. You know? Yeah. And I also think that you, you looked at the U S and went, we can do better than that. And that was very poorly done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, I, I, like we just felt for you guys. I mean, it's, yeah. it's bad. And like, and we got lots of friends. I had friends in New York, but it was really bad there as well. And there were so many people dying and you know, it's, it's just so scary. And it happened, it seemed to happen so quickly, you know? know, it was just over a couple of weeks when it was just like, oh, you know, and, it, and it's still ongoing, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange time. Like, you know, hopefully the vaccine comes in sooner rather than later, but you know, it's, it's, it's such a tough thing. And then, also, you guys have like the different states and the advice coming from Trump and then the advice locally and, you know, it's, you know, and I've got to admit, we're not, we're not big fans of Trump here as, as no. a person or as a leader. No. I, like, I mean, the last thing we want is, is have me talk about politics in general because... No, I, no, I, I'm the same. I'm not, but the, I'm not we, the right man for it, but... Yeah. Uh, no, I'm with you. And I think we, you guys can do better. <laughs> we can do better. Uh, we can do a lot better. I think the uh, the six-year-old who lives across the street from me could do a better <laughs> job. Uh, no, it's it's a real embarrassing situation, and it's um, and also every day is horrifying and scary. Um, and so we're all, you know, the lack of leadership is the reason why we're really in the boat that we're in. Uh, not to mention the racism and the misogyny and the hateful rhetoric, um, but. Uh, you know, it's been it's been tough for us because it's like uh, your reputation. And you know this too is like you know your reputation is something that is valuable and can be destroyed in a second. Um, and it takes years to cultivate that again. So we really are going to have a lot of rebuilding to do um, once we once we get. Well, but out. I do think I do think in general there's such respect for for the U.S. as you know everything, all the output that comes in the U.S. I mean, as I say our television that we watch, our, our movies that we watch, everything that we watch filters down from the US. And I think in general, people realize, okay, Trump has lost it a bit. He's lost the, he's lost the support of, of most people, which seems to be, oh, yeah. or according to, to the polls, even even the Trump supporters from, from the past have finally turned on him. But, you know, but I think in general, we know he's not a representation of, of, of you know, 99.9% <laughs> of, you know, and even you know, so I think, you know, when you get a when you guys get a new leader, we'll be back on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I'm, I I think people realize it's a it's an anomaly, yeah. uh, and it's a very it's been a it's a four year nightmare of an anomaly. But um, you know, it's one of those things where I think it I think it will pass. I really do. Yeah. I do like feel everything. that way. Hundred um, percent. You know, it's funny is you a couple of records are being set right now. So here's a record that's being set. One. You're the first person to appear on the show three times. <laughs> nice. Okay. I like that. So there's nice. that. Um, we'll be sending you a check in the mail for that achievement. <laughs> uh, and the second thing is you're the only person I've talked to who have also talked to their mom. <laughs> nice. I had so your cool. mom, your mom on the show, and so um, I spoke to her back <laughs> in December, and um, and she was very lovely, very sweet. Nice. Uh, she seems to think you're okay. That's good. That's yeah. good. She's yeah. she's definitely the the matriarch of our family. Like you know, you, I come on the podcast, you can't shut me up. You can barely get an e a word in edgeways. So I just keep talking and keep talking. But when we go out for dinner, you know, I'll sit there and say nothing. She takes over. She is really. She's, oh yeah, she's like the old Italian mama. Like you know, she is the head of the table. Tells everyone where to sit and where to go. And but I love her so much. It's uh, yeah, we're, we're we're close. She's great, and it's funny because. When I was growing up, with having a mother as a singer, you sort of always think your mother is, you know, uncool. And you know, I was listening to Oasis and and Radiohead, and you know, I I didn't really, I wasn't really into, I didn't really appreciate how much of a legend she was until I got older, and I realized, you know what? Not only is she an amazing singer, but 
what what she has done with her career and she threw it everywhere like i think we were talking about it the last time when she went to japan or we we went to japan and like the interviewers were asking me about her like you know and i was like and i rang my mom after and i was like mom you know they're all asking me about you here and she's like oh yeah i toured japan loads like no but like you know real matter of factly like you know yeah i toured all over tokyo and everywhere and i was like this is crazy like, you know? yeah so, yeah, it yeah. was really cool. So you were the first mother-son team to be on the show. Nice. You know what? We should do it together. You next should time. do it together. It'd be funny, you know? Yeah. But I'm telling you, I won't, I won't get a word in. She'll just <laughs> take the whole thing. She'll just... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to air the episodes right next to each other because I think it'll be fun, fun for people to do that. But, um, yeah. no, it's, you know, it's a real bummer because I really... Um, what scares me the most for artists of any kind, whether you're, you know, an actor or a musician or a writer... Um, you know, my book came out, my new book came out in June and I was like, I feel weird telling people that it's out because it feels like we have other pressing things to think about, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, people, as I said, we had that thing initially as well where we were like, can we self-promote? But people want to hear that. They want stuff yeah. to read as well. Like, you know, it was, like, yeah, you, you, should, you, should, you should promote the shit out of that, man. Get it out there. People I'm, want it. I'm, uh, this, is my, this is my promotion is talking to you about it. Uh, <laughs> nice. but, but the thing is, is that I find that, you know, the idea that artists are sort of closed for business in, in certain ways. I mean, the Coronas as a live act right now, that business, that idea of a business is not open right now. Um, but people can still access you through the music. So I think it's great that you're putting the new album out. I'm glad that you didn't, you didn't postpone it. 100% and to be honest I'm I'm really glad we're, we're releasing it too and it's even now doing the promo and getting back to work it's nice to feel like a bit of normality and we're, we're, we're doing some things that that feel like you know work and, and and but not work I mean it's funny because oftentimes when you're promoting a record things like photo shoots and stuff are the, are the things that I, I probably like the least about my job I like everything about my job it's amazing but even some of those things that I don't like going and you know trying to look like you're a lead singer in a band in front of a camera like it's not my but even those things I'm, I'm appreciating them now i'm like you know what this is this is cool this is fine you know it could be so much worse like you know so i think if one thing that this pandemic will do it sort of gives makes you a bit more grateful and and, and it has a bit more appreciation and i definitely see less cynicism out there in people and uh, like i don't know i think like everything in life you have to try and take the positives out of whatever has happened. And, and I'd like to think as a people, like there's going to be, there's going to be good that will come out of this, you know, and, and people will see what's really important, you know, cause it was such a leveler for everyone. It didn't matter yeah. how successful you were, what industry you were in, everyone was affected, like, you know, and there was no safety net. Didn't matter if you're rich or poor, you know, it, it, it was such a leveler, like, and the virus didn't care and it doesn't care. And I, I just think that maybe it's a little wake-up call for people. And, and when we come out the other side of it, I think there'll be like just a bit more, I don't know, like without getting too deep, but like a bit more humanity or something. I don't yeah. know, like, you know? Yeah. And I, and I hope that's true. And I think it will be. As I say, I, already I see just a lot of support online for people, less cynicism, people caring about each other and realizing sort of what's important or something. Yeah, not to take your health for granted and the people that you love around you for granted, because obviously we're all so vulnerable to the virus, whether you're a child or an adult or a senior, that's all been, you know, sort of leveled with the idea that you don't have to be um, over 60 to get it, you know, little kids. Yeah. Can get it. Um, so just being, being grateful for, for good health is, is enough, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And hopefully that, as you, as you say, that will, that will be, a, a takeaway from this whole thing yeah 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 well dude i always enjoy talking to you and i'm i'm so glad you made the time i know it's late over there i appreciate you staying up dude no problem man it's great to chat to you yeah when Absolutely. Up, i was like sounds good we always have good chat so it's great to talk to you again man i'm glad you're looking well thank you i hope, I hope the, the tennis game is coming on it's uh you know what man it's i've played it my whole life and i still haven't figured it out <laughs> it's like music yeah <laughs> it's like, exactly um, I love the album so much. Um, Sharon sent it over to me and it's really just, you know, the trajectory of the band, just how you've built this narrative of work. Um, it's, you know, it's your most mature work to date. Um, and it's just a beautiful album. It's really rousing. 
I really appreciate that, Alex. Thank you so much, bud. It's it's great to see you. Great to chat to you. And you. And uh, hopefully next next time we'll meet in person. Hundred percent. Hopefully we'll be touring by the end of, by next year for sure. You know, and and we'll we'll hang out. Always so much fun to talk to Danny O'Reilly of The Coronas. True Love Waits is the name of the album. Thecoronas.net is where you should go to secure yourself a copy. Uh, It's a beautiful, beautiful album. Anthemic, infectious, and uh, utterly unforgettable. All right? Go get one. AlexGreenOnline.com is where you got to go to find out what's going on with me. I have a new book out. I keep sort of talking about it. Uh, And by sort of talking about it, I'm totally talking about it. (laughs) It's super meta promotion. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor. Follow me on Instagram at Embers Podcast or just email me editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Who do you want back on the show? Who do you want me to track down? Let me know and I will try to make it happen. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, leave us a rating. We would really appreciate it. Oh, and if you have friends, and I'm sure you do, maybe mention the podcast to them. I'm turning into one of those guys that brings it up uh, whenever I can. The mailman's like, here's your mail. And I'm like, oh, cool, because I have a podcast. And he's like, oh, that guy's crazy. Uh, Anyway, listen, we're spreading the word. And uh, if you could help us, we would appreciate it. Let's take a fuller listen to the new Corona song, Cold. Enjoy it, and I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. I'm cold, but I will not show it. I'm too proud. And the night won't allow. No, the night won't allow. Chill on my shoulder It's not too loud Just a few hundred doubts I'm cold When I go I won't like you less Though it seems I'm still streets ahead It wasn't a fake It wasn't a lie Just a bit unkind Think of me when you feel okay Give me a reason to see you anyway We never got to say goodbye It came as some surprise How do we know? Do we trust ourselves that much? How do we know? I'm cold, but will not show Just witness the words falling